0: The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. What in the world is happening? It is season four of the Salmon Says Podcast. Welcome to the Salmon Says Podcast. I am Salmon. Hey, it's been a while since we've chatted. It's been a few months. I've been battling some... uh... Small health issues, nothing life threatening, but uh, some, something that's very annoying that's probably going to last me years. Um, but, you know, it's something I need to get used to. Besides that, between full time job and, and part time job and, and family stuff and, you know, just life in general, I've been busy. So, no excuses. I appreciate you guys tuning in, faithful listeners. Uh, thank you all for that. Well, uh, today we're going to talk about flying, okay? Um, and, and I remember fl- the first time I flew, I don't remember. We flew from, I don't even know where we're going. I think we're going from the West Coast to the Midwest. Anyways, I was about five, and it was my mom, my brother, and I. And dad didn't go because I think he had to work, stay stay home working and couldn't couldn't get time off or something. Anyways, and I don't think I was scared. I don't really remember. Mom, mom would know better than I would, but maybe at first I was scared, and once we got up in the air, I just, I remember as I got older flying, I'm thinking, man, this is amazing. How'd they get this big old thing up in the air, you know? I have a hard time making a paper airplane that can fly. It's just amazing to me. And then at that time, you could get... You know, they had the little wings you could pin pin on like your an employee, American Airlines or whatever. Little little wings. Whatever airline you're flying, uh you know, PSA, which I don't know if that's became US Air and I don't even know if that's in existence anymore. Uh and then uh, you know, you used to get like snacks, they'd bring around the peanuts, or you get food on a long flight. Um those were the days, right? Yeah. My brother and I just had a Card collection, and yes, we had baseball cards, but I mean like playing decks cards. We we used to collect those, and so sometimes on the airplane we'd ask them, and they gave us these little tiny decks of cards or whatever. And so we had that too for a long time. As I got older and started flying by myself, I had different experiences. Uh, when I was, um, one time I was well, I wasn't flying by myself; I was with my mom and my my family. Anyways, I don't remember if, if if dad and brother were on this one. I think so, but we got a certain height, and my ears just start hurting really bad. And it was like a sinus thing. I don't know, something with the elevation, you know. And so I, I said, Mom, my ears. And, and so the little stewardess came over, and she knew what to do right away. She had me hold my nose and take three deep breaths. And that worked perfectly. And so from there on, we chewed gum every time we took off or land. Even even now, if I would go somewhere, I would chew when I take off and chew when I land. And that has, I've never had that problem since. So a little uh, cheap advice for you there on that one. Uh, yeah, I've been in a lot of different flights. I've never flown overseas, you know, out, out of – the United States. That would be a long one. Um, and, and I don't really enjoy flying, I'm going to be honest with you. Well, this guy flies for a living. There's some people, I don't know how they do it. They have to fly all the time, you know, across the country. Uh, but the one guy had a uh, kind of an interesting experience. This guy's name is Phil Stringer, okay? And this is according to NPR, so give them credit for this. But he's 34 years old. He's the chief operating officer for a real estate Brokerage, uh, brokerage, and also consults with businesses about using AI. Now, as I said, he travels a lot, but l- uh, a Sunday last month, okay, and this this came out in uh, July, so this happened back in June, so it's been a little while. Anyways, an early morning flight home from Oklahoma City to Charlotte, he was incrementally delayed throughout the course of the day for maintenance reasons, so he set up shop at the airport and... Uh, which wasn't like a you know a coffee place. And then when that closed, he just found a table nearby. He was finally called to his gate just before midnight. He found it nearly empty. Here's what he said. He said, I had thought everyone had boarded and I was late. But he said no to the stewardess. She said, honey, you're the only one left. So everybody else had just given up on the flight, and he's still waiting around. Do you think they took off? They did. It's pretty crazy. It was just Stringer, four flight attendants, who were called back from their hotel, for roughly two and a half hour flight, so there's four flight attendants, one guy, is a passenger, your pilot and your co-pilot. So there's six people employed that are on the plane, and one guy flying, as a, as a you know as a guest. <laughs> Pretty crazy, uh, but they made the best of the situation, I guess. According to this article from NPR, they the flight attendants spent the flight on the PA cracking jokes, teasing each other, chatting with each other, and uh, Stringer became friends with them. It's kind of interesting. He said they could have, you know, could have been bad about it, could have been grumpy, but they weren't. He said, uh, "Well, the, he, he has kept in touch with some of the flight attendants, texting regularly in a group chat about their day-to-day lives and viral frame." He's even bought plane tickets to visit them at their home in Dallas later this month. Pretty interesting. He finally, his flight finally landed around 3:30 a.m. local time. He realized a long check, his long check-in bag was lost because he did that earlier, right before he ever took off. But he found it after 45 minutes and drove an hour to Greensboro, stopped home for a quick shower, and went to work. That's quite the day. It's just just, just pretty crazy. Now, Stringer hadn't been intent on spending the full day at the airport. He tried to rebook his flight, but figured out it was the only option that would get him home in time for his Monday morning meetings. He didn't realize how long he would end up waiting, or just how much the airport would clear out in the meantime. He said it looked like a ghost town. I'm surprised they took off with one guy in the plane. It really did. But he says... Uh, airplanes make more money with baggage, transporting baggage than they do with people. So in his mind, he thought they were going to fly the plane one way or the other. Now, would you have you know an empty plane with four stewardesses on it? I'm sure that's happened. But is every you know everybody cancel flight? You imagine one guy, you get called back in the hotel, you're like, oh, all right, get your flight uniform on, you pack everything up because you're done, you know you're leaving too. So you get to the airport and there's one guy there. That would be so weird. And I bet they still. You know, did they bring around the beverage cart? Um, sir, you have to wait your turn. And we can only give you the half can of soda. Even though you're the only one here. How much you pay for those tickets? That ticks me off. They give you the half can of soda. No more food. No peanuts. No games. Was it was an in-flight movie, maybe? I don't know how long the flight was. But he made friends with the stewardess. You know, they're having fun, I guess. So, kind of an interesting thing. <laughs> um... He credits the crew's positivity with turning his tough travel day around. There was a certain announcements by the crew that made, by law, even though they had an audience of one, they had to do the seatbelt thing, the emergency exits, that kind of thing. As he sees that the people who can be positive in a negative situation are the type of people he wants to stay connected with, so he made friends out of it. It's an interesting situation. Can you imagine? Okay, you've been waiting all day for a flight. You try to get on one, and. There's nobody else. It's just you. Plenty of leg room. Did they let him move up to first class? That's my question. You know, they pull that curtain and, you know, you're back there. I've never flown first class, but, yeah. So did they like, did he try a different seat, you know, every 10 minutes, get up and sit somewhere else? That's what I would do at a stadium sometime. If I just had, you know, like a – I guess last year, my brother and I went to a major league game, and we pretty much had the whole section one day. We should have just, you know, rotated rows every inning or something. Uh, but, I, yeah, I think I would just try different seats. You know, um, maybe push the beverage cart around myself. Pretend like I'm serving people. I don't know. There's a lot of time you could do, a lot of things you could do. You know, maybe switch roles with with the uh, flight attendants, have them sit down, be the passenger, see what it's like. And not that they don't do a good job, but I'm just saying, you know, maybe they do their job better. Uh, But he made friends out of it. It's an interesting situation. I've never heard of anything like that. I'm surprised that they just didn't cancel flight. You know, it's like, okay, they waited until midnight. There's one guy. You think the airline would have been like, all right, we're going to spend so much money on fuel. And we still have this one dude. I don't know. But whatever. It happened. And so that's really interesting. This has been a presentation of the Salmon Says Podcast. Copyright 2023 Salmon Says Media. Don't steal it.